Good morning, and welcome to Lighthouse Bible Church. Um, We hope and pray that all of our congregation are doing well, and if you have any needs, um, please reach out to one of us so we can help. Um, So Pastor John is continuing in his therapy and looking forward to returning to the pulpit. Keep him and his family in prayer as he still has a ways to go in healing. I spoke with him yesterday, and he said to thank you all for the cards, prayers, and well wishes. He really appreciates it. So let's open in prayer. Father, we come before you with overwhelming gratitude for the gift of eternal life through the free gift you provided for all who believe through the death and resurrection of Christ. Thank you for answering our prayers for Pastor John. We pray for his continued recovery for his family and blessings of health and prosperity on Lighthouse Bible Church, our congregation, families, and community. We pray for our country and for all people affected by this virus situation, for health care workers, essential service workers, and that a treatment or vaccine be developed. We pray also that the people who are out of work will be able to return soon. Please bless all of us and prepare our minds and hearts today as we seek to learn more about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, as you know, each month we feature a different missionary organization, which we pray for and send support funds. Uh, We encourage you to do this also. Um, This month it's basic training. Bible Ministries, Gene and Nan Cunningham, they've been all over the world teaching and uh, training indigenous pastors, planning churches, um, India, Australia, China, Myanmar, Peru, Papua New Guinea, as well as other places that I can't remember all of them. And uh, truly wonderful, dedicated servants of our Lord deserving our support. And some, uh, some of their pastors and missionaries they support are having extra difficulties due to the pandemic. You can donate online at www.basictraining.org um, or you can write a check to them and mail it to them directly. Email me, email me if you need their address. They're, I didn't put it up on the board, sorry. <laughs> okay, well, today we're going to be talking about and learning about the faith of Abraham and nothing is impossible with God. So we're going to look at the story of Abraham's faith and how all believers are blessed through him and what this means for all of us who are in Christ. So we're going to turn to Romans chapter 4 beginning in verse 3 to start out with this, and uh, there will be a fair amount of flipping around pages today, so be ready with your fingers. Romans chapter 4, verse 3. So, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing on the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works, 
Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. And certainly, uh, if you know the story of David, you know he's got a lot to be thankful for there. So uh, we're going to continue in uh, Romans uh, chapter 4 with verse 9. And uh, Romans 4, 9 through 11 explains the significance of righteousness by faith. Romans 4, 9. Is this blessing then on the circumcised or was it on the uncircumcised also? For we say faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it credited? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while he was circumcised, but while he was uncircumcised. And that's kind of a tongue twister, but uh, we'll see. We'll see that that's right. Before Abraham uh, was circumcised, this happened. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had while uncircumcised, so that he might be the father of all who believe without being circumcised, and that righteousness might be credited to them. And the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also follow in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while uncircumcised. So since Abraham's faith is so often mentioned in the Bible, there are many lessons that we can learn. First of all, Abraham was justified by faith. God ordained that all should be justified by faith. That means that we are declared blameless in his sight by faith in Jesus Christ, his blood sacrificed and resurrection. So we'll continue in Romans 4 in verse 13. For the promise of, to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law but through the righteousness of faith. For those who are of the law are heirs if those are if those who are of the law are heirs faith is made void and the promise is nullified for the law brings about wrath but where there is no law there is no violation for this reason it is by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations I made you, in the presence of him who he believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope he believed so that he might become a father of many nations, according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to deliver. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. Not, now not 
for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. So Paul noted that Abraham's belief was unhampered by the fact that he was almost a hundred years old. He was not weak in faith, he was strong in faith. Faith is a deep commitment, is a deep conviction that God's words are true and that God will perform all that he promises. Abraham simply believed that God would do what he said he would do. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is impossible with God. That is an example for all of us today that our faith should be strong in God. As Luke 137, and it's up on the slides, Luke 137, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, um, if you're just listening and not, not watching, you won't be able to see it on the slides, so you can turn to Hebrews eleven eight. So, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed, going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. In verse 10, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder was the Lord. Well, this is Abraham's first act of faith in God. He had a nice life in Ur of the Chaldeans and Haran, and he had married the beautiful Sarai. This was while he was still called Abram, as he had not been recognized by the Lord, who changed his name to Abraham. We see this story in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, beginning of verse 1. So if you turn to Genesis, chapter 12, verse 1, we'll read uh, part of the story of Abraham, of Abraham's faith. Well, there's a lot more, a lot more to Abraham's life than we're going to touch on today, but mainly this is just to, to see what the faith of Abraham was, and, and it's a great story of faith. So, Genesis 12:1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, and from your relatives, and from your father's house, to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, so that you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse the one, the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Lot was his nephew. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, And thus they came into the land of Canaan. And Abraham passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Morah. Now the Canaanite was then in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. So Abram built an altar 
there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So Abraham obeyed God and left his nice life to go to the land that God promised to him and his people on the faith that God would do as he promised. God also promised that his would be a great nation and that a blessing to all and further that those who bless him would be blessed, among other things. So what happened next couldn't be classified as an act of faith in God. And that's in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 10. So if you turn to just a few verses over to Genesis 12, 10. And so now there was famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. It came about when he came near to Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, See now, I know that you are a beautiful woman. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Well, number one, God didn't tell Abram to go to Egypt, and he didn't tell Abram to deceive the Egyptians by telling them Sarai was his sister to save his own skin which caused Pharaoh to sin in adultery. Well, even though technically uh, Sarah was his half-sister, she was also his wife. Abraham, Abraham will repeat this deception about Sarah to King Abimelech in chapter 20, but the Lord prevented Abimelech from touching her. Anyway, we're not going to go look at chapter 20 right now. So continuing on in Genesis 12, verse 14. It came about when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. Therefore, he treated Abram well for her sake and gave him sheep and oxen and donkeys and male and female servants, and female donkeys and camels. Well, it seems here that the Lord blessed Abram, even though he had sinned by going against the Lord's command, by going to Egypt and deceiving Pharaoh about Sarai. Even though man can fail, God will not fail to keep his promises, something we always need to remember. Let's continue in Genesis chapter 13, in verse 1. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev, he and his wife, and all that belonged to him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and gold. He went on his journeys from the Negev as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been, been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai to the place of the altar which he had made here formerly, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Abram is back in the will of God in the land which God had promised him, and with blessings of prosperity as well. The story continues in Genesis with Abram's nephew Lot moving to Sodom and Jordan, but Abram remaining in the land that God had showed him. So, Genesis thirteen fourteen. now, it's a few verses down from where we were. Genesis 13, verse 14. 
The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give it to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also can be numbered. Arise and walk about the land through its length and breadth, for I will give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and came and dwelt by the oaks of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. So here God gives Abram a promise of more land and promises to bless him with many descendants. Abram began to wonder how he would have all these descendants God had promised him since he was getting old and without an heir and no children. After all, he was 75 years old when he started this journey. And uh, we see in chapter 15 he gets another promise from God. So turn to Genesis chapter 15. Verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram, I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. And Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me, since I am childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Abram said, Since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And he said to him, The Lord said to Abraham, so shall your defendant your descendants be. Then he believed the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. So Genesis fifteen six is referenced by Paul in Romans four and verse three. Also Galatians chapter three and verse six, which we'll we'll look at those later, um, and is another example of Abraham's faith. He didn't do anything for God to deserve this righteousness, but received it from the Lord freely as a result of simple faith in God. So the next little story is one of not so much faith and involves impatience on the part of Abram and Sarai. Is it Sarai's fault? As some people claim, there's a woman to blame? Or is Abram just taking matters into his own hands instead of waiting on God to do what he had promised more than once? So, oops, sorry. Turn to uh, Genesis chapter 16, verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid, and perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. 
After Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife Sarai took Hagar, the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband Abram as his wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. And that was how Ishmael was born, the father of all the Arabs. But that's a story for another time. Abram was 86 years old at the time of Ishmael's birth. Continuing with Abram's saga, we'll go to Genesis 17, verse 1. So I guess we're seeing a little pattern here. Okay, Genesis 17:1. Now, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face, and God talked to him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So Abram becomes Abraham, the father of the Jews, and the father of all believers in God and Christ. He is at this time identified as the recipient of the Abrahamic covenant. And we're not going to talk about the covenant, but the three main tenets of the Abrahamic covenant are the promised land of Canaan to the Jews, um, and this is in Genesis 12, verse 1, and Genesis 15, verse 7. Secondly, the promise of numerous offspring, Genesis 15, 4 through 6, and Genesis 17, 6 through 8. And thirdly, the promise of blessing for the world, the nations of the world, in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3. So the next exciting blessing for Abraham and Sarah is told to Abraham by God in chapter 17, verse 15, which we should turn there. Genesis 17, 15. This is the fulfillment of the earlier promises of God to bless Abraham with many descendants that we saw in chapter 15. So, Genesis chapter 17, verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah will be her name. I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she will be a mother of many nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. 
So Abraham is somewhat skeptical and asks God if it's possible that a man 100 years old with a 90-year-old wife can really have a child. And he suggests to God, not that God needs his suggestion, he suggests to God that he could use Ishmael to fulfill his promise of many descendants. Well, God tells Abraham that the child will come from Sarah and instructs him to call him Isaac, and further, that God's covenant will be with Isaac. God promises also to bless Ishmael, but in a different way, separate from the Abrahamic covenant. So, continuing on in in Genesis 17, verse 19... But God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant for him, for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him, and will make him fruitful, and multiply him exceedingly, and he shall become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation." But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear for you, bear for, bear for you to you at this season next year. And uh, turn to chapter eighteen, verse ten. Genesis eighteen ten. God said. I will surely return to you at this time next year, and behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age, and Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? Well, Sarah seems to have her doubts as well, but nothing is impossible with God. The Hebrew word Isaac means laughter, or he will laugh, and God told Abraham to name his son Isaac, knowing that they both would laugh at the promise of a child at their age. So turn to uh, Genesis chapter 21, beginning in verse 2, we'll... uh, See how this plays out. Genesis 21.2 So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him to do. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. So uh, the Lord did honor his promise and gave gave, uh, Abraham and Sarah a son, even though they were way past Child, uh, childbearing age. So, again, in Hebrews 11, we hear more about Abraham's faith. Hebrews 11, verse 17. By faith, 
Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. Sound familiar? The story of Isaac is told in Genesis 22, beginning in verse 1. So go ahead and turn there. should still be in Genesis. Genesis 22, verse 1. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. God said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place in the distance. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship and return to you. So notice here that Abraham said, we will worship and return to you. So Abraham believed, even though he was to sacrifice Isaac, that the Lord had promised to continue the covenant with Isaac and had faith that God would deliver what he promised. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took his hand and the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. And they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar and there arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God and that you have not withheld your only son from him, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up a burnt o- for a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham called that place, The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it will be provided. Well, this... Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Let's go to... um, Continue on in verse 15, sorry. And the the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven... And said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, 
I will, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. This promise of blessing to all the nations of the earth means to both Jews and Gentiles through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Abraham must have believed that God had a very good reason for asking him to sacrifice Isaac and that somehow Isaac would have to be raised from the dead to fulfill the promises God had made concerning him. This was the ultimate act of faith by Abraham and it is hard to imagine being faced with that kind of test. Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his son was a foreshadow of God the Father's willingness to give his only begotten son, Christ, as a sacrifice. So we who are of the faith of Abraham also believe that God can resurrect the dead. This was proven beyond any doubt at the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what a great story of faith. Abraham was a man of great faith, but was he perfect? He had his doubts, like all of us, and failures. His righteousness, therefore, was not from the law or any works that he did, but from the grace of God through faith, as we see in Romans chapter 4 and verse 13 and following. And I put all these verses up here so you don't have to look them up unless you're listening without without watching the video. So anyway, Romans chapter four thirteen. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And for this reason it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father to us all. Even so, well, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned reckoned to him as righteousness, Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of the faith who are sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of the faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. And in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. So, in summary, we'll summarize things that we learned here about Abraham's faith. Abraham was a man of great faith in God. In Hebrews eleven seventeen, and Romans chapter 4, verse 20 through 21. He was also imperfect and a sinner. In Genesis 12:10 to 15, 
and Genesis 16, 2-4. But he was justified and made righteous by faith apart from works. In Genesis, and I'm sorry, in Romans chapter 4, verse 3 through 6, Genesis 15, 6, and Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. Well, God blessed Abraham even when he failed because he is a gracious God and we don't have to be perfect to receive God's blessings. Romans 4.16 And Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac was analogous to God's sacrifice of his only son, Jesus Christ. So all believers in Christ are justified and made righteous by faith apart from works. Romans 3.28, Romans 4.5 and 6, 4.23 and 25, and Romans 5, verses 1 and 9. Also Galatians chapter 2.16 and 3.29. All believers are justified and made righteous by faith apart from works. And... Believers in Christ are descendants of Abraham and blessed with his inheritance. Romans 4.16, Galatians 3, verse 9 and 29. And finally, nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is impossible with God. Luke one thirty-seven, Matthew 19 and verse 26, and Mark 10.27. So... Abraham's faith was uh, was a great uh, a great uh, motivation for all of us to have faith and to realize that nothing's impossible with God if we have faith. So, in closing, as we close today, if anyone has not yet believed in Christ as your personal Savior, now is the time to make that decision. Jesus said. In John chapter 5, verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. God has made salvation so simple that all you have to do is tell God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins, was resurrected by God, and trust in him as my Lord and Savior. Well, Lighthouse Bible Church is a grace ministry and supported by gifts from believers who desire to support the teaching of God's word. We don't ask for pledges of money and we won't pass the plate, but our ministry does have needs, even in this time of online only. We save a little bit on the electric bill, but everything else continues. The salary of Pastor John, the building expenses, utilities, and missionary support. So keep that in your thoughts and prayers. If God puts it on your heart to help celebrate, help support this ministry, please mail us a check or donate online. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for allowing us to worship and study your word today. We ask that you bless us with your loving grace and answer our prayers as we leave today. We pray for the continued recovery of Pastor John, our church family, our community, and our country, and all who are suffering. We pray for everyone impacted by the pandemic that a solution and recovery will be swift. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.